This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If there's one thing that a smattering of voters from Chicago and the suburbs seem to agree on coming out of last week's midterms, it's this. Mental health matters. Voters in three Chicago wards showed overwhelming support for a non-binding referendum to reopen city mental health clinics and send experts not just police, to some 911 calls. Meanwhile, in a number of suburbs, voters approved small property tax increases to pay for mental health boards. Those boards will fund services for people dealing with substance abuse disorder, developmental disabilities, and mental health issues. Now, in a few minutes, we're going to go in-depth on the referendum in Chicago's 6th, 20th, and 33rd wards. But first, to discuss what's going on in the suburbs, we're going to turn to Bob McCobbin of the Chicago Tribune. Welcome to Reset, Bob. Hi, Sasha. I must be here. So what suburbs are we talking about here? So uh, seven seven jurisdictions uh, approved a referenda to create these mental health programs. And there are three townships in DuPage, uh, Addison, Lyle, and Naperville, uh, a couple in Cook County, Schaumburg and Wheeling townships, uh, Vernon Township in Lake County, and uh, all of Will County approved this. And just one township, uh, Winfield Township, uh, voted against it. What's a mental health board, so that we're clear, and how is that supposed to work? So that is a uh, locally funded and locally run board. Uh, It will be appointed by the townships or the county, uh, and um, it will uh, be a panel that will then conduct a needs assessment. They'll put out surveys to find out what sort of uh, mental health needs there are in the community, and then they will levy a uh, property tax rate uh, up to uh, 0.15%, mm-hmm. um, and usually less. Um, and then that it'll generate uh, money that will be used to fund all kinds of uh, mental health programs for addiction services and counseling and developmental disabilities. So voters in many of these places... They, they voted for small property tax increases to fund these boards. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Seems surprising. But, uh, you know, in this time of um, anti-tax uh, uh, fervor, uh, but um, these are small tax increases. They're only like Milton Township created their they voters approved their program last year. And this year, um, one of the supporters said her tax bill was twenty one dollars. Uh, for it. So it's, you know, it's generally in the range of from that to 50 bucks a year. Um, so um, it's not a lot compared to, you know, certainly school districts get uh, way more money than that, thousands of dollars. So it's a relatively small amount, but it can generate a couple of million dollars in each of these townships for yeah. uh, mental health services. So in the grand scheme of things here, Bob, what is the goal of this for the suburbs? Well, so the goal is to provide services that are um, lacking now. Um, You know, there are a lot of existing agencies, of course, that provide mental health services, state and federal, you know, Medicare and Medicaid and, uh, you know, Department of Human Services. But um, there's there's um, the state, for instance, has there's thousands of people on a waiting list to get um, uh, services for developmental disabilities, for instance, a years long waiting list. So some services um, take a long time or even just for um, counseling is to see a psychiatrist. Now it takes months uh, to get uh, to see a psychiatrist. So yeah. this, is, this money is supposed to try to um, hook people up with services much faster and on a local basis so they can see get services right in their own community. 
That is Bob McCoppin from the Chicago Tribune. Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you. All right, let's talk about mental health in Chicago. Voters in the 6th, 20th, and 33rd wards on the city's south and northwest sides, they gave overwhelming support to mental health referenda on last Tuesday's ballot. Here to discuss are three people who supported those measures. By phone, we're checking in with 33rd Ward Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez. Welcome, Alderwoman. Also on the line is Arturo Carrillo, Director for Health and Violence Prevention with the Brighton Park Neighborhood Council. Welcome. Yes, hello. Thank you for having me. And in studio, we've got Kennedy Bartley, Director of Campaigns for the Chicago Torture Justice Center. Welcome, Kennedy. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to start with you, Alderwoman. Uh, Explain what voters weighed in on last Tuesday in your ward, if you can hear me. All right, let me... Skip the alderman for now while we get her up on the line. Uh, Kennedy, I'm going to go to you. These were non-binding referenda, right? So, so nothing right. happens right off the bat, uh, even though more than 90% of voters supported this. So I imagine that that's both a little frustrating, but also something to be proud of as well. Yeah, incredibly uh, proud of, I think. Uh, you know, a lot of us who really delivered these wins across the three wards um, are the same folks who have been organizing for treatment, not trauma, since it was introduced in 2020. Um, and if folks recall, you know, 2020 was the year where their mayor put out um, a budget survey where where over 80% of respondents said they want to see a shift away from CPD to fund services mm-hmm. like mental health services. And so to just have another resounding um, res- set of responses, you know, from, from residents um, was definitely something to be proud of. Um, and it would be really great if it was binding, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why is this issue top of mind for you? Yeah, I mean, when I think about... Um, at least like the role that I've played in terms of organizing in the city since about 2013, it's largely been around um, police violence, um, hypercriminalization, particularly um, of folks experiencing uh, mental health crises. Um, thinking about CCJ as one of the largest repositories for folks with mental health crises, the the jail. Um, and then you fast forward to 2020, uh, the pandemic that exacerbated everything that was already existing conditions, um, people's mental health tanked. Um, and then the backdrop of all of that, of course, is the context of about 14 of those clinics being closed um, under the Daly and Rom administrations. And so, yeah, just like in these moments where, you know, we see unprecedented um both state violence through the police and intercommunal violence because of like root causes just not being addressed. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like, you know, it, it's common sense, uh, I think, for a lot of us, but it's also life or death. And so, you know, when we see that this administration, as many others prior to it, um, aren't listening to what our neighbors are saying that we most need, um, we kind of put the action into our own hands, into the hands of our, our communities um, to, again, give resounding votes. And what a better time than ahead of the 2023 election. So I hope that it yeah. puts some folks on notice. You know? Oh, yeah, this is a critical, <laughs> critical right. period. I hear Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez-Sanchez is with us. Hi, Alderwoman. Welcome. Hi, I'm here. So uh, I wanted you to just explain, for those who might not be aware, what voters weighed in on um, in your ward and, and the two other Chicago wards. Yes, in the ballot, we had a question um, asking our neighbors that were voters um, if they would like the city of Chicago to reopen the closed mental health clinics and incorporate it into a model of mental health crisis response uh, that would send out uh, behavioral health experts instead of police uh, mm-hmm. to deal with mental health crisis. Arturo, 
Tell us why you support these ideas. Common sense ideas. I mean, so let's just be clear that this uh, referendum was kind of a two-parted question, right? It was the idea that people were calling for a non-police crisis response to be established in the city of Chicago, and also for that non-police crisis response to be um, uh, served and and based from the Chicago Department of Public Health mental health centers, mm-hmm. right? That the backbone, the infrastructure could be created and expanded within this public, the public mental health centers. We supported this idea. We ran it specifically in the sixth ward uh, because Alderman Sawyer, who is the uh, the chair of the uh, Committee on Health and Human Relations, has refused to hold hearing on this idea uh, within his time and his tenure as the chair of the committee. So what we saw resoundingly, actually, uh, within one of the precincts, 100% of the individuals who voted voted in favor of this idea. We we've seen through this ballot initiative that people really. Mental health services publicly funded and publicly mm-hmm. operated through the public mental health centers, um, and we also know that they do not want any sort of police involvement um, uh, in crisis response. And that's unfortunate that the city has has tried to to hide the fact that police are currently uh, operating in their alternative response model. So for us, this has been a resounding um, a statement by by the public about what yeah. the direction. Of the city should be. Alderwoman, you, you've introduced the treatment, not trauma ordinance um, resolutions, and now this referendum uh, all all surrounding mental health. What do you have to say to people who argue that police are necessary for true law and order during times of crisis? Well, we're talking about mental health needs, right? And unfortunately, the only tool that has been funded and built up for all sorts of emergencies is the police. But what we are seeing is that, first of all, it doesn't solve the problem because the police don't have the tools to be able to solve the problem. It puts people with mental health issues at risk. It puts officers at risk. Um, and it puts the city into a very precarious financial situation because we are paying um, for lawsuits for police misconduct all the time. So this is this is a no-brainer, and it is being done in so many different cities. I have been I have traveled at this point to multiple cities to try to study the the models that they are using, and they are incredibly successful mm. because what we are advocating for is simple: use the right tools to address the needs of communities, and the needs that we are talking about are mental health needs. Criminalizing people who have mental health issues or that are, or that are in, in precarious situations yeah. that can that can end up in crisis is unconscionable. We shouldn't be doing that. So, Kennedy, how do we as a community do better about our, our personal responses to someone who's in a mental health crisis? Sure. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think that it starts off by recognizing that the systems that um, have been structured around us, um, particularly those that have been funded by our governments, have wholly failed us. They have not prepared us um, for 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 dealing with folks experiencing crisis outside of a framework of of punitive, um, you know, carceral type responses. Um, versus thinking about the whole person, the whole communities that are oftentimes, always, uh, frankly, in, in impacted by instances of crisis and violence, and so. 
you know, much like we did, we talked to our neighbors, you know, like the when we say, you know, one of uh, my my good friends and a lead organizer um, in the effort in the 20th Ward, you know, uh, which delivered like a 96 percent yes vote mm-hmm. said this isn't 96 percent. This is my neighbor that picks up my groceries for me, you know, when they get delivered and I'm not home. Right. This is my neighbor that feeds my cat when I'm not there. Like we talk to each other. We see each other. We don't watch each other, right? Um, and we are creating systems of care uh, that are always underfunded or not funded at all. Yeah. Um, and we are putting, again, decision makers on notice. And until, you know, folks are doing the conscionable thing, which is directing directing um, funds to communities and to services and outside of things that come with guns and and incarceration and all of those other things we take care of one another yeah um so yeah same question to you arturo how do we as a community do better uh, about our personal responses to someone in, in a crisis mental health crisis we might have lost arturo um older woman talk more about the impact that mayor rahm emanuel's closing of of mental health clinics have on communities like yours um, not having um, mental health supports for our communities can't, for a lot of people can be a death sentence. Um, we know that many people that used to be clients and patients of the mental health clinics ended up that way. Um, I want to particularly uplift the situation with Irene Chavez, who was a queer um, veteran, Afro-Latina woman, who at some point had a mental health crisis. She was transported to a police station even after she said that she wanted to talk to her therapist because she was having a PTSD episode. Mm -hmm. She was taken to a police station. She was left um, alone in a holding room, and when the police came back, she had taken her own life. This was a young woman that could have, been alive today if she got access to the services that she needed at that moment. And we just cannot afford to continue to lose lives in yeah. this way. Um, so, 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 if, so if you're successful, that, sorry, so, what? so my question then to you, given that story, if you're successful in, in reopening these closed clinics, right, how, how can they be structured, you think, to be sustainable and dependable community resources? Right. That's a great question. So, so the so the, the plan that we have at this at this moment is um, using three different approaches to have a, a, a robust mental health response. Uh, one is expanding the care model that is the non-police model um, of the pilot that is taking place right now, so that it can address mental health crisis through nine one one. The second part is to reopen, uh, to ex- to scale the services and expand the services of three of the five remaining mental health clinics mm-hmm. um, to make them uh, 24-hour walking crisis centers. And this is something that is being used with a lot of success in other cities uh, because people don't have to end up either in the ER or in a police station, right? Like you can actually take somebody somewhere where they're going to be helped. 
um, and they can de-escalate and they can take a shower. They can do whatever is needed right, right. for them to be okay. And then the third part is to have community support teams that are not going to go through 911 but are just going to be stationed already in communities monitoring the places and people that are most likely to go into crisis because we know who those people usually are yeah. and we know that if we monitor them and make sure that they have what they need, they're less likely to go into crisis. Well, we're almost out of time, Kennedy, but I, I want to bring it back to you here to close us out because I know you're involved in this collaborative for community wellness, right? And your work is factoring right into what we're hearing from the Alder Woman. So what is next for your united efforts? Yeah, uh, great question. So now uh, we have these resounding victories um, across uh, really important wards, right? We have the 33rd Ward, which is this vibrantly diverse, um, largely immigrant-populated community. We have the 6th Ward, um, majority black ward. We have the 20th Ward, um, majority black with, of course, back of the yards, um, a large uh, Mexican and Latine mm-hmm. population and, uh, and, and a growing one at that. And so we have... Uh, the fabric of the city saying resoundingly, we want to reopen the closed mental health centers, not clinic centers, um, and we want to stop sending armed police officers to mental health crises. Um, and now, again, we're moving into the 2023 municipal elections, everyone running for mayor, mm-hmm. everyone running for alder people who have, you know, kind of long ignored the demands of communities and of community organizations this is a notice. You know, we are coming into 2023 with a mandate and we will not let up until we get our communities the things that they deserve. Because, yeah. again, for so many of us, this is life or death. That was Kennedy Bartley from the Chicago Torture Justice Center. Also, Alderwoman Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez and Arturo Carrillo of the Brighton Park Neighborhood Council. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.